0: Coming up on Studio Berlin. The escalators you ordered are accidentally too short. Pay another 500,000 euros. You can't make this stuff up. Unpacking the Berlin airport saga.
1: It wasn't a computer problem, it was a cable problem, which actually was the original reason why it couldn't open.
2: Berlin's new airport is scheduled to open in October 2020. What can we expect?
1: Uh, It will have modern technique, uh, it will have uh, a modern feeling about it. Way more space than any other airport experienced by Berliners uh, right now, if it works. That's next on Studio Berlin. Stay tuned.
2: Welcome to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Each week we're taking a closer look at the events shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. Why
1: uh,
2: it's been so long to
1: to build the the airport?
0: It's kind of embarrassing, it is.
1: It's a disgrace for Berlin, it's a shame and uh, we still have two airports left, Schönefeld and Tegel. But it's still a problem when you uh, like to travel and and you don't have a big,
2: more than one. I'm your host, Eric Kirschbaum, and in today's show, we're talking about Berlin's new BER airport. It's scheduled to open in October 2020 after about a half dozen delays over the last seven years. So is it a symbol of all that is wrong in Berlin? Too much bureaucracy and too much regulation? Or will the new Willy Brandt International Airport quickly become a symbol of pride and German ingenuity once it opens? 13 years after construction began. For this week's discussion, I'm joined with Martin Delius, who was head of the Berlin Parliamentary Inquiry into the airport fiasco from 2012 to 2016. And I welcome Grace Dobusch, who has been following the Berlin airport story as a freelance journalist for Handelsblatt and Fortune. Good to have you here.
0: Hello. Great to be here.
2: Who could forget that embarrassing moment seven years ago? The champagne for Angela Merkel and 40,000 guests had been ordered for the grand opening celebration, but it all was abruptly cancelled just weeks before the big moment, because local inspectors refused to sign off on faulty smoke extraction systems. Martin, do you remember that moment? What was going through your mind when that opening was (laughs) cancelled?
1: I was part of the opposition at that time in the Berlin Parliament, and I was like, oh, now that, now that, oh, that's Oh, that's bad. <laughs> so it's like, uh, But nobody knew back then uh, how bad it really was because we all were thinking uh, maybe uh, it will solve itself in, in uh, half a year or so. Well,
2: we're seven years later, and we're yeah. still <laughs> 14 months or more away from the opening. You um, were a member of the Pirates Party in the Berlin uh, State Parliament, and you presented some findings of an investigation in May 2014. Can you tell us in general terms, what, what you found and what are two or the three biggest things that went wrong and how could that maybe have been avoided?
1: It's always the hardest question about this because it's a huge project and a lot went wrong in 13 years and uh, even before that. But um, I think what was the, the major uh, point, problem, mistake, if you may, uh, that led to many others was how much the airport should have cost in the public eye and what the uh, administration back then, the government and uh, political officials uh, told uh, parliament and the public uh, what it will cost because they set a price without uh, really knowing what it will cost, especially for the terminal. The, the, The main terminal was and is the major issue of this airport. Everything around it was completed years ago. So they fixed the price. It was a political decision, not a decision made by engineers, by architects or uh, by the market. And then they tried anything. They made anything possible to reach this price. And by that, they overwhelmed the company building the airport. They overwhelmed the uh, oversight, uh, the controlling system around it. And they overwhelmed the companies wh- who were contracted to build the actual the building. And by that, the management of the Berlin Airport Company, uh, which is the the holder of this whole project, was uh, overwhelmed as well. So that was the, the major problem, the major mistake uh, that was made that led to many, many others.
0: I got a follow-up question on that. Wasn't it that they got a quote from a private company that could build and manage this airport, and it was, say, €2 billion Euros to build it. And then the mayor at the time Said no, that's too expensive. We can do it for cheaper in house.
1: Yeah, yeah. So th- that was the decision, but it wasn't not only the mayor. A lot of people were involved with this decision. The problem was that uh, the parliaments already uh, agreed upon a price, and it was not only the Berlin Parliament, but also the German Federal Parliament and the Brandenburg Parliament, and they couldn't bring themselves to discuss the budget again. So what they did was to say, okay, we split this huge contract to build and run the airport because they wanted to privatize the project before that in uh, 37 small contracts and let this company, who is which is a- expert in running a airport or uh, by that time three airports in Berlin, build and, and uh, handle those 37 contracts at once, which it wasn't equipped to.
2: So it sounds like there was too many politicians who had their fingers in this, right? You mentioned three governments, the Berlin government, the Brandenburg government, and the federal government. Would this have been a better, done a lot quicker if contractors had done the work, if architects had taken responsibility rather than the mayor of Berlin and the premier of Brandenburg?
1: Yeah. You asked this question as if the, the mayor of Berlin by the time uh, uh, Klaus Wovereit picked up a shovel and <laughs> tried to build the airport. There were contractors, there were architects, there were controllers, there were engineers having an oversight of uh, what was actually built in the, within the airport. But the political oversight, the transparency on the system, that was broken by design from, from the first moment uh, someone picked a shovel up.
2: Grace, what's the view on the outside of Berlin on this? Has this sort of ruined Germany's reputation as a country of efficiency and a country that can build big projects on time?
0: Uh, No, I mean, looking at the Munich airport and Frankfurt airport, those are great. They came in uh, close to budget, pretty much on time. They're world-class airports handling massive amounts of traffic. What Berlin is experiencing I think everyone recognizes this as an outlier, but it remains this kind of stain on the Berlin economy. I've talked to people, say, in business and real estate who visit Berlin. They love the energy. They're working on projects here. But they say the airports are such a joke. There's no proper, you know, the type of world service that you would expect as a business person flying into an international airport. It's uh, mind
2: boggling. Grace, what do you what's the most interesting detail of this whole saga for you? What do you think is going to stick with people the longest here?
0: I mean, they're going to be stuck in the security lines at Schönefeld until this opens. <laughs> but I think like one of the things that I personally take the most joy Uh, from this entire terrible story is just how much room there is for comedy. Uh, For example, we've got this board game here, das verrückte Flughafenspiel, the crazy airport game, this um, board game, really well made, kind of like a crazy upside-down monopoly where the goal is to spend as much money as possible while building this airport. I mean, all of the cards that you pull as you're building this airport with your fellow players, it sounds nuts, You know, you might pick a card and it says, oops, the escalators you ordered are accidentally too short. Pay another 500,000 euros. It's actually very real. Everything on this is real. And then it has little sources so you can check like where they got the
2: information from. I think Martin can't wait to play the game, right, Martin?
1: Yeah, I heard about it uh, uh, before, but I never played it. It's fantastic how much you can do with the information floating around about this project because uh, there was not only the inquiry, but a lot of journalists digged into the the project and brought uh, interesting facts like the two short escalators. At one time, uh, people speculated that the the tower of the airport, which actually works since, uh, I think, 2013 or 14. Was falling down because the <laughs> fundament was not uh, really solid.
0: Also, the um, the screens that. LCD screens that are meant to show flight times, they've burned out because they've been on for eight years because yeah. no one can figure out how to turn them off. They've had to be replaced. The The tunnel, the S-Bahn tunnel, where a ghost train rides through every night with no passengers on it in order to keep mold from growing inside the tunnel. You can't make this stuff up. It's just yeah. hilarious. They couldn't, they
2: couldn't turn the lights off for a few years uh, as yeah. well because yeah. of a computer
1: problem. Which no, it wasn't a computer problem. It was a cable problem, which actually was the original reason why it couldn't open, mm-hmm. uh, the whole firefighting system, the fire safety system uh, with alarms, sensors, uh, extinguishers, and stuff like that uh, was not able to to run because the cabling was not right. They uh, actually didn't know which cable was for what and which cable goes where. Well,
2: we're, we're laughing about it a little bit here about this game, but outside on the streets, KCRW Berlin Talked to some Berliners and got their views on what they think of it, and they don't think it's quite as funny as we do. It's a tragedy. The, the airport got off to a bad start, but nobody ever talked about that again. Too many different people got involved in the airport project, and now look where we are.
0: Ein wunderbares Beispiel für das Versagen. It's an example for the failure of West German reunification politics in 90 and 1991. Back then, there was no debate on what kind of airport Berlin really needs. Instead, it was about building an airport to rival those in Cologne, Frankfurt, and Munich.
2: Martin, what do you think of that last statement? Is it really just a question of keeping up with Frankfurt and Munich?
1: Uh, No, it isn't, but it was made. Uh, uh, to be the question of keeping up with uh, Frankfurt am This is a really smart statement because uh, this—you uh, have to know—this project, the BR, the single airport, the big airport for uh, Berlin, was uh, uh, imagined. <laughs> you have to say in uh, the early 90s, 91 to 93, by uh, a small group of public servants uh, in the in the government, uh, together with two other projects. The Olympic Games in 2000, uh, which never happened in Berlin and uh, a huge housing development project called the Wasserstadt Spandau, which also never happened because they thought by 2000 Berlin would have uh, had 6.5 million uh, and above that uh, inhabitants, which also never happened. So uh, it's a really smart uh, statement and actually... Factually, there was never a reason to compete with Frankfurt and Munich because Frankfurt and Munich are a huge European crossroads for air traffic as airports. For Berlin, there was never this demand. For Berlin, there was always the demand to uh, arrive at departure towards and from Berlin, but not to change flights here.
0: But in part because the airports couldn't handle that type of traffic. Um, it, no, no <laughs> I mean not, Frankfurt uh, and Munich have those uh, are those hubs because Berlin for so long was separated and was working with three small inefficient- I I have,
1: to, I have to disagree that's not the reason the biggest German uh, air carrier Lufthansa which is actually the biggest air carrier in the world was really early on pretty clear of what they are planning to do with a single new built airport in Berlin they said, Your planning of this hub close to Berlin is not going to work because we are not going to use it and nobody else will use it because we have already Frankfurt and Munich and we will uh, expand on those airports. Our business will be arrival departure directly from and to Berlin and that will uh, generate enough traffic, enough revenue for us. And uh, uh, every other air carrier back then and was in the 90s agreed with that.
2: You're listening to Studio Berlin. We're talking about the new BER airport here on KCRW Berlin, and we'll be back after a short break.
0: At KCRW Berlin, we educate and inform. It's radio that commands your attention, and it's listeners like you who make our programming possible. Listener support keeps the programs you love on air. So take a moment and visit kcrwberlin dot com slash donate to do your part in keeping great English language radio on air in Berlin. Thank you.
1: This week in this American life, the doctor who created Frankenstein thought he had things under control, so did the guy in
0: the movie Jurassic Park, who brought all those dinosaurs to life. And so did the producers of the reality TV show The Bachelor. Until, The Bachelor escaped.
2: I jumped the fence and there was nothing. It was darkness. It was fields. So I started running. What
1: happens when experimenters lose control of the experiment this week?
0: Tune in to This American Life, Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m. on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin.
2: Welcome back to Studio Berlin. I'm Eric Kirschbaum. I'm an author and freelance writer in Berlin and produce stories on Germany for the Los Angeles Times. With me are Martin Delius, an expert on the airport and now a member of the Berlin administration, and Grace Dobusch, who's been following the Berlin airport for Handelsblatt and Fortune. Grace, do you think the airport will really open in October 2020?
0: I remain extremely skeptical. Why? I think with all of the problems that have been uncovered, and consistently keep arising. I just can't imagine that it's going to uh, open on this new schedule. I also really think we're working with a sunk cost fallacy, the idea that once you've invested a certain amount of time in something, you just need to see it through. If you've invested a certain amount of money in something, you just need to see it through. I think considering that the plans for this airport are based on data and uh, scenarios from 15 years ago, I also would remain skeptical, even if it did open, that it would be able to handle the amount of traffic that Berlin is generating at this point. I think, honestly, we need to just kind of scrap it, start fresh.
2: Martin, what do you think? Will it open on time?
1: I really cannot comment on that because uh, uh, my employer uh, <laughs> is involved in, in the project. But uh, I can can comment on what my, my colleague here said. I think you're right to remain extremely skeptical because uh, that was what was lacking and, and what the project haven't had until 2012 that would have been necessary for the public and uh, the politicians to be extremely skeptical about the project, to not let it uh, go this far and fall this far in terms of uh, budgeting and uh, the timetable and stuff.
2: Well, I'm pretty optimistic it's going to open on time. I was at the airport a few weeks ago on a tour with a group of foreign journalists and it looked like it was almost open and ready to go right now. I mean, to be honest, it looked like that seven years ago. We were on a similar tour and it was about ready to go then. But what struck me this time is there was, um, I think, 80,000 sprinklers built into the system. Everywhere you looked, you saw these big silver sprinklers. I think if they ever had a fire there, they would probably flood the airport with so much water. Um, anyway, I'm optimistic.
1: Which actually wouldn't be good for the people within the airport. But No, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it seemed it seemed like it's ready to go. And I think it's going to be a beautiful airport. I mean, inside, it's, it it's a be. fantastic airport. And I know Berliners like to complain about the airport. Um, But it seems like Berliners just like to complain, don't they, Martin?
1: Yeah, I think they will also be glad uh, if it opens. We all don't know Uh, and remain skeptical, as we heard. So uh, they will be glad this uh, is finally over. They want to see it through. That's uh, what the polls say.
2: It's going to be fantastic. It's like a 15-minute train ride from the... From the Berlin main train station, you pop up right in the middle of the airport. It's about ten steps to check in, another ten steps to the gate. It's unbelievable. Wait, it's going to be fifteen a beautiful...
0: minutes by S-Bahn from no, the Berlin a, Central Station.
2: A, a high-speed train from the Hauptbahnhof to the airport. It's going to take about fifteen minutes, I think, maybe twenty. Oh, I
0: haven't heard of the express train. I've only heard of the The, S-Bahn, which would take quite a bit longer. Yeah,
1: it has a few stops, but there will be a direct train. It's not really a high speed. It's just a normal train, but it will be direct without stops, and so it's fast.
2: Okay, Grace, one thing I don't really understand is why so many people in Berlin want to keep Tegel open. It's too small. It's too close to hundreds of thousands of people who live in its flight path, and it would cost billions not only to keep it open because so many apartment buildings would have to be retrofitted, but it's also probably going to cause billions in lawsuits because the BEA operators were promised there would be only one airport why do some people want to keep this backwater airport open
0: well i think its location so close to the central part of the city it's that's a hard thing to give up by comparison schnäfeld the area south of Schoenfeld, is is so far away
2: it's 18 kilometers away it's not that far away but when you're
0: traveling with the S-Bahn, uh, it's already in zone C, you have to get the ticket. There was discussions about whether taxi operators would technically be allowed to travel from Brandenburg into Berlin. Did they get that solved?
1: Like uh, Legally, yes. They, they were talking about passengers but having I, to
0: switch taxis I'm, in the middle I'm of the road. I'm sorry,
1: your perspective is, is Western Berlin establishment perspective. Because I live in East Berlin, because, man. Yeah, but <laughs> then I, I don't know why you can say that, because for most of the inhabitants of the city... Tegel is not close to their homes. Tegel is an hour ride with different public transportation uh, uh, systems uh, away. It's always crowded. It costs a ton of money to even have an allowance. It has to be legally it has to be reopened after BR opens uh, to, to get it run to, to keep it running. Uh, that is that it costs a ton of money. even now, Um, Because the BER is so late, the uh, Berlin government has to spend a lot of money just to get the allowance to uh, uh, keep the flights uh, uh, in and out of Tegel. It's really not a good idea.
2: I think a (laughs) lot of the noise abatement work for um, BER was really amazing. They moved a lot of people away. And if, if you're honest, and I lived in the flight path of Tegel for a while, 14 kilometers to the west, and you could hear those planes day and night. I was 14 kilometers away. Beijing just built a new airport in about five years, and it's 67 kilometers from the city center. So 18 kilometers from the middle of Berlin is really not that far. And wait till that that train is whisking in and out of the main station to the airport in 15 minutes or so.
0: I mean, I hope you're right. And I do know that when uh, the Tegel Airport, if and when it does finally close, they have great plans for campuses this whole Tegel development project is really impressive um, with uh, adding buildings for universities, for startups, new housing, all sorts of incredible things that they have planned for this Tegel and look land. Look at
2: Tempelhof. Everybody wanted Tempelhof to stay open. They closed it. Everybody's happy. Tempelhof is a big park now. Don't you think so, Martin? It- Tegel will be another uh, example no, of people happy that Tegel the, is closed. The uh,
1: uh, housing development companies are not really happy because we have a big park they cannot use. But yeah, the inhabitants of Berlin are happy because we, we call it Temple of Freedom.
0: And from your inside expertise, I mean, do you think that the new BER can handle all of the traffic that Schönefeld and Tegel currently handle?
1: What I know... And I'm uh, talking from the outside, speaking from the outside here, uh, is that they are already building uh, a, a new um, a new terminal. An additional, additional one. An additional mm. one to cope with the masses.
2: Well, I think it's quite possible that the new airport, when it opens up in uh, 14 months, is going to be a, a symbol of German ingenuity and success. Let's listen one, to one more Berlin woman who was talking about this as well.
0: It's like with the, like the Elbphilharmonie in, yeah? in Hamburg. It also took a really long time, but now it's beautiful. So I hope the airport turns out also just as beautiful. The auch
1: so schön wird. Yeah, <laughs> there's hope. She said, <laughs> there's hope. Uh, yeah, but I agree. It's a uh, still, it's a modern airport. And what you mentioned earlier, the old Technic uh, installations and the old monitors, old computers in there, uh, which were bored and implemented in uh, 2012 and earlier they exchanged them by now i think and they will so uh it will have modern technique uh, it will have uh, a modern feeling about it uh, way more space than any other airport experienced by berliners uh, right now if it works and if it opens. Yeah. That's right, the-
0: <laughs> right, if it opens. You know, I did talk to the um, operator of the Starbucks at the BER airport, which they had fully staffed because it was supposed to open shortly. Um, and he said that, I mean, all the equipment in there is still in there from 2011, 2012. And... He he's in conversations or litigation with uh, the airport company to get reimbursed for all of the equipment that they bought and have never been able to use.
1: Yeah, they have to do that. that but they they already calculated it, I can say this much. So they have to pay the owners of venues and shops, and especially that, like Starbucks, where technical stuff is expensive, and uh, the machines. And uh, But they already calculated for that. What is uh, supporting the the person on the street uh, being excited about the opening is that almost no of the shop owners, restaurant owners, and so uh, already renting space uh, since years, left their contracts.
0: Wait, um, have they been paying every month since no. 2012? No. They oh,
1: haven't. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> they
0: I mean, they haven't given it. up their contracts, but what is what is what are, are the terms? They are,
1: they are just on hold. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, probably uh, in terms of rent, uh, uh, as you know, Berlin's uh, raising of uh, rents in general and for uh, shops as well uh, in the past years, uh, they even uh, might have very cheap conditions for renting the space. Yeah,
0: they got locked in at 2012 prices. I wish I had that for my (laughs) rental contract.
2: So I guess we'll know the answer to that in about 14 months when BER finally opens. And that's it for this week's Studio Berlin. Thanks to Martin Delius, who works for the Berlin administration, and Grace Dobusch, who's been following the Berlin airport as a freelance journalist for Handelsblatt and Fortune.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
2: Thanks for being here. I'm Eric Kirschbaum. For more information about this show, join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And make sure to tune in next week for the next edition of Studio Berlin. Have a great weekend.